You know, one of the um, the things I was thinking of over here is uh, it's a it's a psychological thing that I had learned, but that emotion, which I believe is, em- it, it, it emanated from the spirit, whatever the source, whatever. Yeah. That I believe is the uh, the the is what what gives emotion, and I see emotion, and this is backed up by science as a motivator, whereas intellect will drag you down and stops. Oh, it's true. And um, I don't remember the question behind this, but uh, what do you think of that? Well, I kind of liked what you were talking about with emotion because if we go back to what's the first emotion we experienced when we landed on this planet is love, right? So doesn't that also set a blueprint? First emotion we experience is love. Um, and then we live in a society that tells us to go into our brains to process or understand these things. Then we're moving out of that heart center of emotion that is a feeling that is experiential and we're trying to quantify or understand or temper it in some ways. So for me, the mental... Uh, while it has its merits, it really doesn't in spirituality because how could you ever know God? How could you ever conceptualize that? It's an experience within cellular structure that we get to have that's kind of cool. <laughs> Why would we take that out with thinking we know anything? It's uh, talk about love. Would you consider love the motivator? And I, I kind of equate that with the Tao. Mm. And I, I, I believe mm. I, this, you know, not that we're here to talk about what I believe, but, um, you know, I believe there is a, there's something, it's an animator. It's, it also though gives us a fundamental sense of direction. True. We confuse ourselves intellectually and and really we successfully may, we yeah we, we, and it's funny because we may be directed emotionally in the right direction mm. but as soon as we start thinking about it we've lost we, it we well we we misunderstand what the message is some people are motivated to do crazy stuff but the motivation may be pure it's the way we interpret it that makes it crazy once what we do come you think out of heart. Yeah, no, I think that's beautiful. And I was just thinking, um, you know, Magdalene, the way that Magdalene taught is it's the way. The Gnostic as well, right? There's just the way. Are you showing up in love and are you behaving in a way that is present and available to the universe? Yes. And does that need to be understood or explained? Not at all. Um, an explanation to me, mental to me, is a function of ego. So as soon as we start explaining something, we've already lost it. It's, uh, to me, spirit is alive within my cells. It's within this organic form. It's, um, it's the sense of chills, right? When we have chills, oh, I love the chills because that's spirit coming through and activating and turning everything onto a higher vibration to affirm what it is that I'm experiencing. Um, and Jesus likes to joke that, you know, the truest vibration of the, fre- the, truest vibration of the planet is ecstasy. So when we're actually able to keep that frequency up of full-time chills, guess what? We ascend light body, we leave this planet, and we're done. But no, we live in these human forms where we've got to go and experience and learn in order to get back to some version of God. We need the motivators and the catalysts, when right? When you say get back to, does that uh, infer cyclical? Mm. 
Reincarnation would certainly infer cyclical. I don't want to be reincarnated. Really? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Oh my gosh, we gained we, we gained so much though. Um, I love no, actually. I was thinking about like uh, you know the Hindu, of course. Uh, you know the the Kali Yuga. The I forget the name of the other yugas. But um, but it's a cyclical thing, and I don't. Okay, hold on one second. I need you to go back for a second because I don't know Kali Uga. I know Kali Ma. Yeah, well, but Kali Ma might be again that gentle feminine version of her that I know. Not that Kali's ever gentle, but (laughs) (laughs) well, it it is. Um, and and I wish I could uh, tell you more specifically because I I forget uh the terminology behind it. I I just remember the general idea. But basically, it is that um there are like four cycles. And they they count these in millions of years, like four million years. Um, but it's um, and as the cycles go, they go quicker. So as huh. you go from a a rebirth, basically, then you got a big long period, and then as things start degenerating, the the uh, time gets shorter until it's only like four hundred thousand years in the Kali Yuga. And that is where everything's breaking down and everything. And again, I wish I could be more specific about this. But isn't I, that the times that forget. we're living in? Like we're well, growing know, so a lot fast. Of people, yeah, it's, well, it's, uh, it's something that we're a lot of people have thought of. Yes. Uga, uga. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of people have thought of that. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Cause I, I don't know how to, uh, I don't know how to reckon things in millions of years. I, I, yeah, I don't have the imagination for that, but, um, but it is. Um, That's cute that you thought you needed imagination for that, though. Yeah, well, you gave to. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't think I can experience a million years because it would be like a. It'd be like a second to me. Your brain would ooze out of your same. ears. <laughs> Time is a function. Time may. Time doesn't exist. Time's an illusion. It's a function of our of our our experience. It's our an agreement. Perception. We it's all an agreement agreed to, and it's agreed perception. Time thing. Yeah. Yeah. So. Kaliuga. Kaliuga. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not, um, and I was thinking as you were speaking too, you know, but there's the scholars who study. And so this, the scholastic coming about spirituality, whereas like, you know, as you're talking, I'm like, well, I'm not a Hindu scholar. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm a scholar of anything though, right? Um, so even being a scholar of or studying the knowledge and wisdom of is outside of the direct experience. I'm much more motivated by a direct experience. Well, that's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I mean, there are, temporal very definite uses for intellect Mm -hmm. obviously but in the overall scheme of things and um it's i guess ultimately it's a detriment (laughs) i don't know about that i mean i don't know about that i think i think that we do at least it's fair to say that we have different personalities and different leanings and so for some of us that intellectual piece I think can walk us through or help us find our way through into the spiritual as well. Um, and cause I think like even um, scientists that would, would claim they're a- atheist, but yet they're looking out into the universe and they're going, this is pretty amazing. And I can s- explain away a lot of, of how it works, but there's, there's elements to it that I just can't explain. Um and we also have to remember that intellect is often very tainted, right? That's where so much of the programming mm-hmm. comes from, that um, intellect to me, mind to me, can't always be trusted. Direct experience, I can trust because yeah. I feel, but that's my subjective experience here, and too. you know we're not doing that in this country anymore. Oh, we're not? We intellect? Don't, we <laughs> don't believe direct experience. 
<laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Had nope, to. It's, it's a dangerous thing, direct experience. Uh, if I can go, kind of go back to what you said a little bit earlier. I mean, we're, we're coming up on Halloween, right? We are. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of interesting how we're more embracing of it now. You know, I mean, a, a lot of these things that you kind of see out there, particularly as kids and stuff like that, they can be kind of horrific. Some of these images that you have and Halloween and all this sort of thing. But yet we're embracing it more as a society of something of interest, of something of fun, of something of of a different kind of experience. But I guess that just kind of tying back to your experience when you went back to that place uh, of uh, the person that had done the killing at the yeah. theaters here in, in Aurora. Um, do you then, because you kind of implied that there wasn't necessarily evil beings there, there was an evil energy possibly? Maybe that's the part I'm, I'm not quite understanding. Are you kind of saying that evil doesn't really exist? It's the fact, it's, it's, it's what we buy into or we're more susceptible to in the way of fear. We, with, with particular energies, we buy into the fear. We're more receptive to the fear of that energy, that they're not in indeed evil in, the, in, in their own sense. You see what so, I'm saying? Um, I do, but I want to um, try to address what's coming through. And what's coming through is uh, spirit right now at least is telling me this message, is that evil are the actions of humans who don't want to own their own darkness. Right. So in the case of what I experienced in his home, that was a very sweet boy who played in some places that he shouldn't and got into trouble. Um, and it categorically changed my understanding of darkness in this world. Um, so I still don't believe that there is evil per se. I believe that there's darkness within each one of us that whenever we don't own it and learn to love it, we demonize, project outside of ourselves, and bad, bad things can happen. That's what I experienced there. Okay, great. Because it's, you know, one thing that, that I found kind of brought me away from organized religion in a lot of ways was, um, you know, I knew there was something, but I couldn't really identify with it. Um, you know, I, 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 I labeled it spirituality, but I, I couldn't tie it to anything. And, and one thing that kind of allowed me to kind of move on was something called Course of Miracles. And there's, there's one concept that really ties into what we were just talking about, and that is that fear is always a call for love, which I thought was just a cool way Profound, of just kind of right? just what you were just talking about, is yeah. that idea of when we find something that we're uncomfortable with, and we can, we can label it evil, we can call it as a bad boy, Take or it outside good girl, of ourselves. or whatever the situation is, it's always something that we, we, we don't understand. And that we want to make it something outside of ourselves. Yep. When indeed it's something that's inside, inside of ourselves. It's saying, you know, I need some love here. And this what is something you, that I've not had experience with. What happens if you get an entire group together that says there's nothing wrong and evil inside of us and all of their evil becomes this outside force that does really destructive, dangerous things, right? Um, and I think that's where we're living at in the world right now. Um, and I want to speak into the Halloween thing that you said too, because yes... Um, it's deeply disturbing to me right now because we do have a modern renaissance of witchcraft, which has been um, heartening in many ways. But there's this one show that's on TV, right? And a lot of shows that are on TV. I have a 10-year-old. Uh, she's 11. Yeah. Excuse me. She will not want oh, me to call uh -oh. her 10. Um, thank you very much. Um, she's 11. She's a preteen. Oh, goodness <coughs> gracious, is she? Um, 
And so she wants to watch these things. And even something that she watched the other day, she's like, Mom, it went pretty satanic there at the end. And I'm like, what? Huh? Like, this is a show that has not gone into that level of darkness, but it just fucking flipped the switch. And I'm like, you're done. You're done watching this. Yeah. Um, so I think that it's an interesting way that it's being introduced to our youth of what they're calling witchcraft or other that is really quite evil not disguised as anything nice. Um, so I'm really bothered right now, but at least by what the media, let me say this differently, at least by what the media is trying to do um, of evil and darkness and making it so palpable for young minds right now, I think is really pretty sick and twisted. Yeah. You know, uh, to make that a little bit more mundane, I sometimes wonder I love that we just went from witchcraft and evil to mundane. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, we, 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 live in, we live in times where um, we are, we're not connected as not people. Connected. We are very much, you know, kind of a society of strangers. And, and when you talk of fear, I, I see... All of the fascination, and I wear a bunch of stuff with skulls on it, my own self. But uh, it is actually kind of two things. One, it is a, it's like a, a game face. What you put on when you're going out in public. Oh, yeah. And it's like, yeah, yeah, this is who I am. I'm the guy with the skulls, okay? Um, and, and it's also, as crazy as it sounds... It's almost like a, an amusement park thing. You do things for whatever reason. I've never, well, I, no, I won't say that. Um, I don't, um, people like to scare themselves or to overcome fear. They like to feel. They like to. They just are trying to feel something. Right. Because we have become so numb in this society and so isolated behind freaking screens. Um, and my kid the other day, she asked to cut onions. And I'm like, you hate cutting onions. She's like, I just want to cry, mom. Yeah. So we have people who um, are scared of their own feelings. So they will go to these extreme things like maybe movies or entertainment or even an amusement park to feel something that moves them into a different vibration of the mundane. Um, and then in their mundane, they're saying, well, you know, I'm numb, I'm bored, I don't feel anything. I need some Prozac. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Jeez, we're in trouble. Now to bring it back to where we were at. <laughs> now, now to bring it back to only love, right? I, um, but I think that's, you know, if we can kind of tie it back into shamanism in this place too. Um, shamanism was not just available to special elite. It was available to everyone in the community to have a direct experience of love and of God. And when you had issues, you would go into your community to share what was going on. And it's probably one of the biggest gifts that I get to have in my pr private practice that I can pull out of somebody without even trying to, like their biggest secret that they've never told anybody and they're mortified by it. And I'm just looking at them beaming with love of like, oh, doesn't it feel better to say it? That's Get it. it. Out. Yeah. There's no shame in this. We've all done something like this. Um, and holding it within is what's making you so miserable and you're trying to numb and deaden from because you think you've done something wrong. You haven't. Everybody has done something wrong. And you're still lovable. I think that's... Even with iguanas on your shirt. No <laughs> skulls today, just iguanas, huh? No, no, it's... Yeah, I don't... I, don't. <laughs> I think what's... Um, what 
speaks to me from my Christian background. I came from a denomination whose special doctrine was one of entire sanctification. I don't know what that means. So what that meant in the part of the country I was in, in this tradition, was that I, after I was saved and redeemed by Christ, there's a second step you can take where original sin is removed from you, (gasps) and you will no longer sin anymore. And wow. but that has caused me and a lot of other people I know a lot of hardship trying to reorient to or thinking a, everyone around you isn't sinning when everyone is, and then you must be wrong and evil and so bad and isolated. Right. And that and just so sorry. Just kind of what you were saying about like no one can say it, no one can confront it, because it's not supposed to be there. And then looking around the world and going, Okay, there's a like the world's not getting better because we believe this. This isn't, and and we were a very missional church, and so spreading Jesus to the ends of the earth that doesn't seem to be fixing things either. So I don't know. It was just it's been. I I've lived inside of a community where they tried to deny sin, and it's and you lived in fear. It's not real. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I didn't know that such a thing existed. I mean, when you're speaking about it, um, so I've been out of organized religion, I guess, since I was 14. <laughs> um, I've been to churches. I haven't burned, so that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, haven't lit on fire in churches. Um, but as you're speaking about your church, all that I can equate it to is Scientology, right? Where in Scientology, they have this belief that you're going to get to a certain level and you can do these things. And everyone says, well, I could never do those things, but I assume there was something wrong with me and that everybody else around me must be able to do these things. But there was something wrong with me. Um, And so what we find sometimes and what it sounds like for you, um, it isolated you from God. You thought you weren't worthy of God's love because you might still be sinning in some way. And God has forbid that you say something to anyone. Right. You will be purged and punished. And And then the other side of this that takes place in conservative Christianity today is that you are just sin all the time. There is no way that you can function in the world without being sinful. And And I think it has some of the same, like... Um, sickness to it. There's just no relief. There's, there is no goodness. There is no wholeness. There's always a questioning of self, of motive at every turn, at every decision. So you become a corrupted, lesser human being who will yeah. never know your way to God. When they're trying to teach you God and prophesize to other people, we will give you the path to God. Right. But you are always sinful. And so you will never quite achieve it. I mean, it's just those two things on their face seem very opposite, but kind of listening to what you've been saying, and as I've talked to people from different traditions, what it does internally is just sets you up to this place of, I'm worthless, and there's nothing here that God could love, and there's nothing redemptive about me, and that's not a healthy place. Yeah. That's that's evil, (laughs) right? think so and what's the purpose or what's the drive behind that and what dorks came up with this idea well we're seeing what the drive behind it is in our culture right now in our in our government they want power and they those let's just speak truth there i mean they want power and they've power they've trained a lot of us 
to go along with that, and we can't. They've um, created educational systems that turn us into sheep, and they've put our kids on drugs. I mean, yeah, it's it's a systemic thing, but we don't need to go into all no, that we tonight. Shouldn't. That, um, <laughs> that huh? goes back to the fear. Yeah, it does, because absolutely. Because it, it is a matter of controlling. Sometimes I'll hear some of these things from the outside, and uh, there was that uh, the whole, you know, like the Christian purity thing. Yeah. <laughs> that is... I mean, an extreme control. But it's in, but it's not an extreme view in the sense of there are women ever, from 10 to 45 or 50 that have lived through that. Right, right. That are trying to figure out how to be in their bodies because right. they've never been allowed to be. Right. And, 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 and again, I'm, I'm, what, what, what I see happening, and, and again, it's mundane, but psychology when we are when we are um insecure when we're afraid we want to have more control over the uh environment around us especially people and we will do there's where a lot of evil comes in through fear we will do evil things to control well it's controlling our fear yes exactly yes Controlling other people and allaying yeah. our fear, maybe. Manipulation and power and greed and all of that. Yeah. Um, as you're speaking, I'm thinking, uh, and I, I'm clearly an 80s kid, so pop culture, huh? Uh, were you allowed to watch some like, pop culture? Was a it edited bit. or? Okay, so Never Ending Story. Did you ever see the yeah, Never Ending Story? Um, which is beautiful, so pure. German. Uh, but in that, the main creature of evil, whose name I don't remember right the now, nothing. the nothing, says, the easiest way to control people is to make them afraid. We make them afraid. We have all of the power. Yep. Oh, so um, what I do love about pop culture is like, at least my little brain was able to hear that, even if I didn't understand that, that um, everything is not maybe what it seems, little yeah. eight-year-old Andy. <laughs> yeah. One thing that kind of interests me about, <clears throat> you know, when, we, when you're talking about shamanism and how you came about shamanism and how you found it and things like this and kind of juxtaposed position herself to what we're just talking about, right? In other words, believing in what's out there, mm-hmm. right? What other people are telling you to believe and your own experiences are, are denied to some mm-hmm. degree, right? That's clearly what you were able to appreciate, right? It, it, people aren't buying into my experiences. I'm in a different place. But I feel but really I have good the power. and everyone else seems really unhappy. And so one of the things that I played with for a long time is like, I must have some fucking loophole. Like I'm pretty <laughs> happy and everybody else seems pretty miserable. And is um, so for me, I just I kept following what felt good. Well, and, and I, I guess that's what I'm kind of getting to. I, I think that was what's kind of intrigued me with uh, brew theology is the fact that we're able to talk to all these people that come from all these different religions and they have these different titles with them. But, you know, it's kind of interesting to me, and I, and I guess it just why I come to brew theology to some degree is because I'm after that passion, the personal passion, not the passion that's put into place by somebody else, but the, but, but the, but the passion of believing in self, passion of, of, of finding their own way and finding their own meaning, finding some, some way of, of a truth that gives their life something to live for, to be right. happy about, to have joy. Right? And so to me, when, when I go and I hear so many of these people, and I don't care how we are, we're, we're introduced to these people, there's these people that, that, that talk about this love, 
for everyone that shed off the idea of, well, this is how I understand this religion, my experience, my, my, my experience that I'm having spiritually. Mm-hmm. Invariably, you know, I'm over there going, I don't care what the label is. I'm buying into what they're saying. I, I, they're there for my purpose. I, I'm, I'm touching them. They're touching me. We're in the same kind of place, yeah. right? And so th- that's why I get so much out of having these kind of discussions. I'm not interested in what the media is telling me. And maybe that's just how I've always been. It, it's it's these kind of experiences of being able to be face to face with a person's spirit. Yep. And to have it come out of their mouth in the way that that they're trying to explain their purpose in life, right? And and, well, and how they're seeing and their love, way, right? And their to me, love. that's what's so cool about. Mm-hmm. The, and what you've said is, you're you're the same kind of person, right? That. That, that talks to that passion, that talks to this incredible love and everything of everything that there is in your own way, I, I think is a true gift. I really do. And, but, but it's something that I, I've seen with so many of the people that we've been able to experience this with and that we sit at the tables with on a regular basis. Yeah, love that. That we're able to see beyond that. I think it's just such a, such a cool experience that we're able to do this. And we're, we're able to get away from this. I mean, it, it filters in the outside. Did you see yesterday what happened in the news? Did you hear? But that's not what I'm here. That's not what I'm there for. It's, it's touching that other person's spirit and being able to talk yeah. to the plant. My case, I'm not hearing the plants, but there's this love that, that oh, it talks it. to me. You know, it's, well, it's the same and, way. Um, you know, I don't know. Uh, I feel feel a little embarrassed that I don't know more about brew theology. It's okay. Um, I am deeply heartened by the fact that you guys exist at all. <laughs> so I will say that. Um, I was surprised in every way by what I experienced and how I was greeted. So thank you for that and creating a space where these things happen. Um, but that's exactly it. Like we're not coming together with these labels or behind computer screens and hiding in some way. The beauty of community is that these things can happen. Um, people feel better. You ex- And thank you. Authenticity. There's something so authentic yeah. about sitting across from somebody and looking at them and talking to them that no matter how long you're online, you will not feel that. And we don't devolve into a lot of what we do online. Sometimes we have real conversations with real people and find ways when we do disagree to do that in a pol- polite, I don't respectful, know, respectful, honoring, listening. honoring way, listening way, um, so that we're having real conversations and we don't always all walk away feeling the same way, mm. but we've all come and participated. Yeah. So. I found it amazing when we had, we had somebody one time and just being cantankerous. Mm-hmm. A speaker and, or? A, no, he was at a table. He was at a table. Was, uh, at a table. And he's a nice enough guy, but he was just being cantankerous. And it was, I'd like his first time there. And he would just want to challenge everybody. Uh. And I don't know how it was that we were all so reasonable. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I, but, but we weren't letting them, we weren't just letting them go. We were, we were asking, well, why, why are you saying that? You know, and, but it's weird. We were challenging him, uh. but at the same time, not putting up these barriers. I don't know how we did it because I my personality doesn't always work that way. 
Beautiful. But it worked in this. It did. In this. Yeah. I've had one well, of those tables too. Yeah. And it brings down the defenses too, whenever you're not attacking somebody, but you're like, well, explain to me why you feel that way. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's coming from that deeper underbelly of love rather than this mental attack and I'm going to shut down and my ego is going to be triggered by you. That's gorgeous. Yeah. Good job. And everybody else at your table too, apparently. Yeah, it wasn't just me. No. We have good people and I love them very much. It's it's been an honor to to be part of this and to be able to to make space for this in the world, especially the world that we all find ourselves in right now. Um so. and should I can I just say like uh this is what meetup was intended for? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Meetup was designed for brew theology, because oh my goodness, you guys are doing it superbly well. You know, that's, you. and that's that's actually that's very true because uh, I've gone to a lot of different meetups of this, that, and mm-hmm. the other kind. The only one that I've stuck with is this one. It's, it's the and and make it like part of my regular routine. Yeah, and uh, I mean, yeah, I, I you know I don't know what was wrong with all the others, but it was uh, it's, it just, it's just strange. It's a it, it's something that opens up something in you and creates more love and and is something that draws us back together. So, well, on that happy note, thank you everybody for listening. Thank you, Andy, for being with us. It's been such a pleasure. Loving me and letting me share my love. And um, anytime you come back. Oh, I will. All right. (laughs) All right. Well, everyone, that's Brew Theology. Uh, We will... See you again in a couple of in next week. And uh, I think we're talking about Halloween next. So we're going to talk about some of the traditions uh, that go back a ways. So you can tune in and listen to that and find us online, uh, brutheology.org. And you can find us at brutheology on social media channels. And if you would like to start a group, if you're interested in what we're doing, email us, let us know, and we'll get back to you and talk about how you can start your own brew theology. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Cheers. 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 All right. All right. Thanks. Bye.